going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is the inaugural episode of the Up in the Nosebleeds podcast. I am your host, Josh Sanders. We'll be taking a quick dive in today uh, around uh, around the landscape of what's going on in sports right now. We'll take a look at uh, the craziness going on in NFL free agency, MLB free agency. Do a little bit of a dive into some of the uh, some of the slight upsets that have happened so far in March Madness. Uh, so yeah, I appreciate you guys hanging out again. This is the, uh, this is the up in the nosebleeds podcast. This is for, uh, for those of you sitting in the rafters, just kind of chilling, drinking a beer, watching some sports and enjoying the, uh, enjoying the atmosphere. So sit back, enjoy, and, uh, let's, let, let's get rolling. So, uh, I think the first thing we're going to jump into today is if you are, uh, if you're Aaron Rodgers, what's going through your head right now? I mean, you have been begging the Packers for years to get you help. You finally got them to bring you back Randall Cobb as a slot guy. Um, they don't draft wide receivers for you. They do nothing for you on the offensive side of the football. And now they are trading Devontae Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, looks like they're going to be getting a couple of nice picks back in return. But, man, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you are uh, – how are you feeling right now? You just signed a four-year extension with a team that you've – I mean, you guys have gone through gone through hell and back the last you know the last year year and a half, and now they are trading arguably the best wide receiver in football uh, away from you. So you are now going into next season. Your starting wide receivers are Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. Lazard, don't get me wrong, I think is a very talented wide receiver. I think he would be a phenomenal wide receiver too. Good complimentary piece for somebody that they could bring in, but. Man, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you are on the phone with Gutenkoots tonight telling him to draft you a wide receiver. I mean, you're looking at you, – you need a Traylon Burks. You you want a Jamison Williams, a Garrett Wilson. You need to get somebody like that rolling in, uh, rolling in the front door. And next year, your offense is going to run through Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, which uh, both those guys very capable in their own right. But, I mean, come on. How are you going to do that? To Aaron Rodgers, the guy you swore that you would be able to put help around and get help for, and uh, all of a sudden it's just gone. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the next uh, how, how the next few weeks play out, leading up to the draft, kind of see what their uh, what their mindset is. Um, and then, I mean, they want to get bold. You got guys like Antonio Cooper, or not Antonio Cooper. I'm sorry, uh, Antonio Brown still on the free agent market. Bring him in. Let Aaron Rodgers throw the ball to him. Maybe you can keep him. Uh, Maybe you can keep him on the field, you know, longer than a season and a half. Uh, unlike the uh, unlike the Buccaneers over there. Speaking of the Bucks, Tom Brady retired, saw the gas prices, came back to work. That's how crazy it is. Uh, I think that I, I I think that if you're the NFC South right now, you're looking at that and you're you're frustrated, you're annoyed because you're you're thinking to yourself, all right. We got Brady gone. They're, 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 Godwin's likely gone. I mean, you're, lo- you're losing pieces off of a championship-caliber roster. If you're Atlanta, if you're New Orleans, you're looking at that like, all right, this is our time. This is our chance to go out, win the division, or compete for the division, and sneak into the playoffs in a fairly weak NFC South. Brady comes back. That changes the entire dynamic of that division, though. Um I, I think that they're they're the clear odds on favorite now. Um, and to be honest with you, uh, it's gonna be it's going to come down to whether or not Deshaun Watson ends up in Atlanta or New Orleans. If he ends up at one of those two places, um, which is looking like he will, looks like he's down to those two teams as his uh, as his as his preference um, to get to get out of Houston. If he ends up going to one of those two teams, I am very curious to see what happens. Um, with with those rosters moving forward, Atlanta similar to Green Bay, um, they are entering 
the draft portion of the offseason without a clear wide receiver one. Obviously, you got Kyle Pitts, who kind of sort of acts as that wide receiver one out of the tight end position. But right now, you are rolling into the season with Olamide Zacchaeus and Russell Gage as your top two wide receivers after um, uh, after Calvin Ridley was suspended for the entire 2022 season. Don't agree with that. Um, in my opinion, I think that if you are gambling on your team to win, you are doing no disservice to... Uh, you were doing no disservice to, 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 to the organization. You're still trying to put up wins. You're still trying to go out there and win the game. If you're betting on your team to lose, that's a whole other story in and of itself. But if you are betting on your team to win and you are on the field playing, I don't think that that should be an issue. And he wasn't even on the field playing at the time. He was injured. He, or he, was, he was out at that point in time. So I, I, don't, I don't agree with him being suspended. But, you know, I think that's kind of in the past right now. You'll, you'll, we'll see if the NFLPA tries to fight that. I doubt it. But... Um, as of right now, they are going in Sands two wide receiver, Sands a, uh, a true wide receiver one. So, be curious to see what they do at eight in the draft. I think that they could go a number of ways. They could look at the defense. They could look at the wide receiver position. Um, I thought they could have potentially looked at the quarterback position as a future replacement for Matt Ryan. It's kind of kind of difficult at eight. I don't really see a quarterback in this draft that is worth drafting at number eight, but. Um, if they wanted to go ahead and grab their guy to sit behind Matt Ryan for a year, then they could have done that there. But if Deshaun Watson ends up in Atlanta, then that entire point is moot, obviously. Um, and then new, you got New Orleans. I think New Orleans is a is a good landing spot for for um, for Deshaun. I'm curious to see what version of Michael Thomas comes back to the comes back to that roster. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, if they get the Michael Thomas back, that is able to to to, to to lead the league in receptions, to potentially put up, you know, single season record style numbers um, for receptions. I think that Deshaun Watson is going to thrive in that kind of offense. Um, if you're getting the Michael Thomas that looks like he hasn't played in two years, then you, you're going to struggle a little bit. Um, I don't see another wide receiver on that roster that really excites me for if I'm, if I'm a quarterback. You got Marquez Callaway, who's, you know, he, he's decent. I mean, he's, he's not a bad, he's not a bad, uh, He's not a bad wide receiver, but um, I'm also looking at if I'm if I'm New Orleans and I end up with if I end up with Deshaun Watson, likely I mean I would assume you you, you have to lose that first round pick. You're not picking in the first round, but uh, I'm looking at if you know, you get to the second round, if you retain your second round pick, you know that's when you look at maybe a Sky Moore, uh, Christian Watson, Jahan Dotson, one of those guys if they're still on the board uh, at your second round pick. Um, just get get some help for for Deshaun or whoever your, your next quarterback is. Um, if you still have that first round pick, um, if you don't get Deshaun Watson, you still need to get some wide receiver help for uh, Jameis or um, oh, who's the other kid they have there? Um, kid from BYU. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his name right now, but get some help for him. Um, you get some help for him on the outside and let. Let Kamar just keep doing his thing out of the backfield. Um, without Deshaun Watson, that team doesn't have a quarterback that is the identity of the franchise. You need to be able to put athletic pieces on the field around him. So um, that's that's really the big news as of now. Um, that, that over the last you know 24 hours or so from free agency, uh, Baker Mayfield has requested a trade out of Cleveland, which is something that uh, I kind of anticipated after you kind of saw what happened with the Browns and Deshaun and. The, 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 the letter that he posted the other day from him and his wife um, to Cleveland. I knew he wasn't really long for the, uh, long for the Browns after that. Um, didn't think it would come that quick. I didn't think it would come this quick, though. I'm um, interested to see, one, if Cleveland does decide to honor that trade request. As of now, they're saying they won't. Um, but if, 
with, with, with that being said, I want to see if Baker is willing to play for a team that he wants to be traded away from. I, I think he will. I think he's still going to go out there and try to put his best foot forward. Um, just following him since he was at Oklahoma. The dude's the ultimate competitor. He's going to go out there and compete. He's going to go out there and throw. He's not going to... Uh, he's not going to go out there and you know intentionally throw games or lose games or anything like that if he's out there. Um, I think that he's I think he's the kind of player that he'll 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 play out the rest of his the rest of his contract and then that'll be it then he'll be out. But uh, if they do decide to trade him, I'm curious to see. You know, you got the Falcons and Saints, obviously, which only one of them can get to Sean. Uh, if he doesn't go if he doesn't go to one of those two teams, I'd be curious to see if Baker Mayfield is a uh, is a candidate there. And then you've got my dark horse for him, which really isn't a dark horse um, at the end of the day because it sounds like he's, uh, he's he's got some preferences there, but the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Indianapolis Colts are currently without a quarterback. They traded Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders. Uh, right now, if the season were to start, they would be sending Sam Ellinger out uh, under center, and I don't hate Ellinger. As an OU fan, it kills me to say I don't hate Ellinger, but it, I, I, don't, I don't think that he is – the uh, a true starting caliber quarterback at the NFL level. He he is a good backup, um, and I think that if Baker Mayfield were to get traded to, to to Indy, he would have that job outright from day one. Ellinger would be his backup, and I would be able to rub that in the faces of all my Texas friends and and, and stuff like that. So, uh, be similar to Kyler Murray being the starting quarterback over Colt McCoy out in Arizona. So very nice for me, but. That's uh, that's I think that's it from the NFL free agency front right now. Um, aside from the Cowboys, just completely botching everything. Uh, I mean, what are these guys doing? It's unreal the stupid decisions that they've made this off season. Um, first, instead of restructuring Amari Cooper, you just simply let him go. Um, you, you trade him to Cleveland for a fifth round pick and a swap of sixth. Like I don't understand that. I mean. And then you go out and you turn around and pay Michael Gallup uh, the money he's making over the next, I think, five, I think they gave him a five-year deal. Uh, I would have much rather seen them try to restructure Amari's contract or give that money to him, especially if you look at the fact that we just lost Randy Gregory as well. He flipped on us to go to Denver. Um, <clears throat> then apparently Stephen Jones turned around and offered Demarcus Lawrence a one-year contract, a one-year $10 million contract first, and he turned that down. Um, thankfully, they were able to get something worked out with him, but... It's just like I mean, I understand you guys are pressed against the cab. You guys did that to yourselves though. Like you can't you can't be offering those kind of contracts to those kind of players. You can't be willing to I mean, it, it just they're they they really shot themselves in the foot um with the Zeke contract and the Dak contract. And I said it from day one, I don't think Dak is a forty million dollar quarterback and whatever they're paying Zeke, it is you don't pay running backs that kind of money. Not for that kind of term. You, running backs, at the end of the day, in the, at the NFL level, running backs don't matter that much to pay them that much. You don't have Zeke on the roster this year. Congratulations. Tony Pollard can do exactly what he's doing and more. Um, Tony Pollard becomes a 1,000-yard rusher at the NFL level if, if Zeke's not around. Um, I, I, and that's not a knock on Zeke. I still think Zeke's a phenomenal talent. I just, with the way the NFL is now, your, your valuable running backs are ones that can run and catch. You're not looking at... The the the, the Derrick the Derek Henrys of the NFL they are a rare breed the guys that are going to rush for you know fifteen hundred yards in a season when healthy um, that, that that's not the norm that's the anomaly you're the NFL is starting to get more toward the Austin Eckler blend of running back somebody who may run for seven hundred yards but he's going to put up thirteen hundred yards through the air Alvin Kamara the, the Alvin Kamara's of the world and everything. Um, I think Zeke is fine at that, but he's he's definitely lost a step over the last couple of years. And 
the fact that he was able to essentially uh, lock himself, or he was essentially to no show to camp. He was able to get his he was able to get his money that way. I just, I, I don't know. As soon as that happened, the 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 clock started ticking for the Cowboys. Last year was their best shot at doing anything productive in the postseason. Um, with the team that they had, with the coaching that they had, um, all that kind of stuff. Last year was their year, didn't happen, and we're seeing the we're we're seeing the the, the, the they're they're paying for it this offseason. Um, unfortunately, I don't see it getting. I don't see the Cowboys doing any better this year. the The good thing about the Cowboys is that they play in such a weak division that even with the losses that they've sustained, even with losing Cooper, losing Cedric Wilson, losing Randy Gregory, <clears throat> even with losing all of those guys, they should still be right in the mix for the NFC East title. They may only go 9-8, and eight, but 9-8 and eight wins the title in the NFC East. The, I mean, next season. The, 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 Giants, the, the, the Giants are multiple pieces away from, from being competitive on both sides of the ball. Uh, the Commanders, Carson Wentz, in my opinion, is not much, if any, of an upgrade over Taylor Heineke. Um, I think that they're going to have essentially the exact same team that they put out last season, um, plus maybe a wide receiver or something that they pick up at the draft. And then you've got the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles are an interesting case because I think Jalen Hurts takes a step forward this year, and they have three first-round picks that could really bolster that offensive line, uh, or that could really bolster that, uh, that offensive firepower and the defensive side of the football. I think if they play their cards right, I think that they are. I think it's them and the Cowboys as the two as, as, as the two front runners for the NFC the NFC East title coming up this season. Um, we'll see what happens with it, but man, the Cowboys need to make a splash at the draft. And I'm not talking, you know, go out and draft a quarterback or anything like that. Let's not pull a Green Bay and draft Jordan Love. But um, we need a DN now. We need to, we need somebody to replace Randy Gregory. Um, honestly, if we could get an off-ball linebacker, if we could go get a Devin Lloyd um, or, or something like that, throw him at the linebacker spot and, and use Parsons more of more as an more of as an edge rusher, I think that solves the problem. Um, but at the same time, I also think that uh, Cowboys need a true D end as well. You could continue to shuffle Micah around wherever wherever you see wherever Dan Quincy's fit. Um, and then wide receivers, wide receivers, interesting case now, because right now going into the season, going into the season I'm, for, for game one, our wide receivers are CeeDee Lamb, Noah Brown, and Simi Fajoko, I believe are the three wide receiver are the three, the three top wide receivers that we're going to have. We got Gallup, but Gallup's, if, if I had to bet Gallup's not going to be, Gallup's not going to see time until probably October, late October, early November. Um, he's coming off that ACL injury. He's going to have some time to heal, some time to rehab. Um, and even when he is game ready, I think it's going to take some time to get him up to game speed. So do you want to risk the first, first month of the season um, and, and hope that you can, you can tread water until Gallup gets back? Or do you make a you make a splash during the draft, pick up a wide receiver at twenty four, pick up a wide receiver in the second round, and trust that he can get the job done? Um, or if you're Jerry Jones, do you go after Antonio Brown? I don't think you do, but he's out there. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I think that he is he's still an immensely talented wide receiver. Whatever you know, headspace he may be in doesn't uh, doesn't take away from from what he's able to do on the field. It's just whether or not you think that he's worth the headache or not. Um, so, uh, yeah, but that's that's gonna that's gonna wrap up the the, the NFL free agency portion. Like I said, there's gonna be some. I'm sure that there's gonna be some some fun stuff coming up over the ne- over the next few days, leading up in the, into the draft and everything. Um, I would be shocked if the draft board looks it looks the same uh, in a month as it does right now. So we'll definitely keep an eye on that one moving forward. Uh, over to the MLB, uh, the Rangers obviously spending half a billion dollars before the lockout happened. 
Semyon and Seeger, um, very good pickups by them. My biggest question the for for for, for, for this uh, this offseason, what are the Yankees doing? Uh, I don't understand the Yankees. All the, the more money, more money than God knows what to do with. Um, and they lose out on Semyon. They lose out on Seager. They they lose out on you know trading for Freddie on signing Freddie Freeman on trading for Matt Olson. Um, you still got Trevor Story still out there. You still have Carlos Correa, although it looks like Correa looks like Correa has a three hundred million dollar offer on the table from the Baltimore Orioles. And <laughs> man, if they're not willing to pay what they if, if they weren't willing to pay for Semyon and Seager, I don't see them willing to pay for Correa. Um, they did pick up Isaiah Connor Falefa, who I think is a Phenomenal defensive. He's obviously a phenomenal defensive shortstop, third baseman, wherever they want to plug him in. Um, he's 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 decent at getting on base. About a two seventy one last year, uh, twenty stolen bases, all that. So he's he's quick on the bases. He is the he's is a very good utility man. Um, he he can play any infield position at you know gold gold glove caliber defense. He's already won a gold glove at third base. Um, he's a gold glove ca- caliber shortstop. He can slide over to second. He can catch. He can really do everything except for pitch and play first in the infield. Um, so I think they picked up a good one there. They got 36 year old Josh Donaldson to go play third. So uh, yeah, so he'll be he'll be a third, and IKF will be a short. But I mean, you look at the moves that they made this offseason. Did this team get any better? They re-signed Anthony Rizzo. Um, I just I don't think that this Yankees team got any better. And for a team that was so hell bent on making strides this offseason and getting over that hump, getting over the edge. Uh, I just don't see. I, I don't think they did it. I mean, you look at you look at the Tampa. You look at Tampa in the division. You look at Toronto. Um, heck, you even look at Boston. Like all three of those teams. I think between the, I think all four of those teams have the potential to win the NL East this year. Um, and it sounds like Baltimore's making moves. I don't. I'm not gonna say Baltimore is, is, is a contender for the for for the NL East title this year or anything like that, but. Um, they're they're improving. I think that you know the Rays, the Sox, the Yankees, and uh, the Blue Jays. They they've all got they've all got a chance to win the NL East or the uh, the AL East this year. They've all got a chance to honestly with with how the AL the the AL Central and the AL West look. They all of them really have a chance to be the top team in the American League this this season. Um, but I know Yankee fans. That's not enough for them after the season they had last year. They didn't want to go into it with a you know, 25% split among four teams that could win that AL East title. They wanted to go in as the bona fide favorites in the AL East. And Steinbrenner and the Yankees did not do that. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how quickly Aaron, Aaron Boone's seat warms up this season if the Yankees get off to a slow start. If they go into the, uh, if they go into the all-star break, you know, five, ten games, five, ten games out, you know, what is – what what is what does that do for his for his seat? Um, how hot does that seat get? And do the Yankees potentially make a move in season to get rid of him if they disappoint? I don't think that's off the table. Um, but Steinbrenner loves Aaron Boone. Um, I know that was a huge contention point this offseason for a lot of uh, for for a lot of Yankees fans. They wanted to see Boone gone, but Steinbrenner said no. Steinbrenner did not want to lose Aaron Boone, so he he kept him and. Much to the chagrin of Yankees fans, this this is the team that they're rolling in with this year. Um, so, yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting case. Um, so now let's 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 just go ahead and, and move on to the big story of the last week. Uh, Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman is leaving Atlanta and going to the West Coast and playing for the Los Angeles Dodgers for the next six years. Six year, hundred and sixty plus million dollar deal. Um, 
it sounds like Atlanta wasn't quite willing to to, to make that kind of lo- to, to make that kind of commitment to him. Uh, so they went out and got Matt Olson. I mean, that's it's. I I respect Freeman for getting as much money as he's worth because Lord knows the dude's worth it. The dude is worth that kind of money. He's an MVP MVP you know player and everything like that. He 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 he's the face of that that Braves franchise. He's the kind of guy you want on your team. He's the kind of the guy you want in your clubhouse. And he the the fact that he is no longer in Atlanta as a baseball fan. I'm not a Braves fan. I'm born and raised in Texas, Rangers fan. As a baseball fan in general, it sucks to see him not in LA or not in Atlanta anymore. Um, he was the kind of guy that you're looking at that you looked at him in that Derek Jeter mold. The kind of guy that was like this is a a lifetime one franchise kind of player, a guy that, you know, you can't hate no matter how much you want to. But just an overall down-to-earth good dude and to see him out in LA now like it, it, it's very reminiscent of when Albert Pujols left the Cardinals to go to the Angels. Um, that one sent shockwaves through the baseball world, and I think this is going to do the exact same. So we'll see what uh, we'll just, we'll see what that Dodgers lineup looks like this year. But man, that is a terrifying roster. When Cody Bellinger is looking like the weak point on your roster, that is a stacked roster. The one thing that might bite them in the butt—I don't want to say bite them in the butt—the one thing that they do need to improve on at some point though is their pitching. Um, I think that they've got a crop of very good pitchers in their prime between guys like Kershaw and David Price and everything like that. Walker Bueller is obviously a phenomenal young pitcher now, but I think that there are a couple holes in their in their rotation. And I'll be interested to see what kind of work they do in order to fill those out um, at some point this season. So, um but yeah, those the, the the Dodgers are terrifying. The Dodgers, in in my mind, far and away World Series favorites right now. Uh, I don't see a roster on paper that can compete with them top to bottom. Um, I mean, one to nine. You, I mean, there's there's no easy out in that in that in that in that batting order. Um, like I said, pitching pitching might be their Achilles heel this year, but. I mean, it doesn't matter with the roster that they have. Does it matter? They are 110 win. They're they're going to be a 110 win team this year. Um, they're gonna they're gonna clinch their division in August. I mean, I'm looking at look at the rest of the division. San Francisco is the only one that even has a remote shot of um, uh, of being a quality team. In that oh no, they got the Padres as well. Never mind. So the, the I mean, the Giants and the Padres both are going to be good teams, but they're it's going to be a battle for second. Um, the Diamondbacks aren't good. The Rockies, they signed Chris Bryant. Um, I'm not entirely positive what the Rockies plan is this off season. They're not a good team. Um, unless they're hoping to, you know, unless Bryant's going there in hopes to increase his value and get traded elsewhere. I, I don't know. Um, dude's going to rake 81 games out of the year though. My Lord up in that Denver air, he is going to drop bombs up there. Um, it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what his <laughs> what his what his what his splits are uh, at home and away from uh, away from cores. So, uh, but yeah, no, the Dodgers far and away best team in the uh, best team in the NL West, best team in the National League. They're the best team in Major League Baseball right now. And to be fair, it's probably not even close. Um, be curious to see you know how that plays out. 
what else? Uh, reigning champs, Atlanta Braves, the guy replacing Freddie Freeman, Matt Olson, who I think is actually a very good replacement for him. He's not the he's obviously not the face of the franchise. Still stings losing Freddie Freeman, but you're looking at a guy here who is a perennial. He's he's down in Atlanta, at truest. He's gonna he's got the potential to be a 30 plus home run hitter down there. Power bat, good first baseman. Um, plug him right into the top top three or four of the order. Um, and I think that I think that you're good to go there. Um, you're getting back Ronald Acuna at some point with uh, just dealing with his injuries. Mike Soroka will be back as well this season. Um, and I think that you have a, you have really the only team in my mind that can push the that can push the, uh, the, the the Los Angeles Dodgers at any point this season. They get hot at the right time, and like I said, they could take advantage of the Dodger. They, they could take advantage of the pitching um, the pitching weaknesses that the Dodgers have. Um, and stuff like that, but outside of that, man, the yeah, I, I I can't remember the last time I've seen a team go into one season this stacked like 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 with the Dodgers this year. So, uh, be cool to see see what the Braves do. I think the NL East is still theirs. The the East still runs through Atlanta. Um, looking at teams like Washington, the Mets, the Phillies. I like them. Don't like them that much. Um, Mets have made a couple moves this off season. Lost Syndergaard to the Angels though. Um, I, I just I think that. You're you're competing for a wild card spot in the NL East and in the NL West right now. Um, the division is going to run through the the Dodgers and the Braves. Um, NL Central really kind of up for grabs. I mean, the Cardinals are always in it. You got the Brewers who are a decent team. The Cubs Cubs look like they may have may, may they may still be trying to compete. The Reds I don't know what the Reds are doing. I'm not really entirely sure why they're looks like they're taking a step back this off season. Um, doesn't make a ton of sense to me given the success that they had last year, but. Uh, nonetheless, they are. I'd be interested to see if they can what they get for Castellanos. Um, moved Winkler to Seattle. Uh, I, I think that they are content just focusing on development this season, um, and they're not going to be as bad as the Pirates. No, I don't think anybody's going to be as bad as the Pirates, but I don't see them as a legitimate NL Central contender at this point. So, um, but yeah, that's that's the big news. Um, oh, excuse me, sorry. Some big news going on across uh, MLB today. Um, you got some small, you got some small signings. Uh, I know the Rangers just signed Garrett Richards. Looks like the Tigers uh, reached a deal with uh, Chafin. Uh, Brad Miller goes to the Rangers. Jonathan VR signs with the Cubs. I mean, there's some some good depth signings, but nothing that's extremely you know newsworthy um, in my opinion. So uh, now. <laughs> I'll tell you guys right now, basketball is not my strong suit. It is not my forte. I am much more of a baseball, hockey, football kind of guy. But what is going on with the NCAA tournament right now? Holy heck. It's, it's uh, I mean, I'm just looking at my bracket right now. My bracket is in shambles right now. I mean, New Mexico State, gross school. Um, beating UConn, screwed, screwed things up there. I mean, you scroll down to the east portion of the bracket, and St. Peter's upsetting Kentucky. That, I mean, that that's right up there with UMBC beating Virginia. Obviously, UMBC was a 16 beating a 1, so nothing's really going to come close to that. But looking at who Kentucky was this year, looking at where they were projected to, to end up to lose in the first round to St. Peter's, it's one of the biggest upsets in the first round that I have ever seen. Um, I, I mean, I just, I was watching that game. I was just absolutely speechless. I mean, they just got straight up outplayed. Um, 
I mean, man, Calipari, you want a good laugh? Go read some of those message boards on Kentucky's websites. Those those fans are not uh, they're not in a good state of mind right now. Um, and then Richmond beating Iowa. I did not have that one. I actually had Iowa. Uh, I had Iowa going th- uh, in my Sweet 16. I had them losing to Kansas in the Sweet 16. Um, I thought that they looked good this season. I thought that they were one of the better five seeds. I thought that they were a little underrated as a five as a five seed, and I thought that they would go through and and beat. I thought they would beat Richmond easily, and then I thought that they would. I thought that they would take care of South Dakota State in the second round. I had SDSU beating Providence. I had them as the 13 seed, upsetting a four seed, and Providence decided to shut the door in my face on that one. So that really hurt my bracket early on as well. Um, anything else crazy happened today? Now the big ones, big ones: New Mexico State and 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 St. Peter's taking care of business, and then uh, and, and Richmond as well. I, I mean. If, if if this is if this is a sign of things to come in the NCAA tournament, guys, I think we're in for a one hell of a march. Uh, tomorrow you got Arizona, Wright State, uh, Villanova, Delaware, Auburn, Jacksonville State. I don't think any of those are going to be upsets, but I don't. I didn't think any of the ones today. I, I didn't think St. Peter's. I, I mean, just I mean St. Peter's. If you would have asked me what their mascot was before this tournament, I would have no clue. But those peacocks, man, they're pesky. Those pesky peacocks took down the Kentucky Wildcats, and they got Mur- they got Murray State next. And I don't think that's an automatic win for Murray State either. Um, I think it's going to be a halfway decent game. I don't see St. Peter's winning, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout either. I really don't. Um, after watching St. Peter's today, if they can kind of do what they did today against Kentucky. They are going to give Murray State a run for their money. Um, Richmond Providence, uh, as somebody who has Providence in an auction-style bracket, um, I think this was the best case for Providence moving forward. I don't think they beat Iowa. Um, I think Richmond, they have an actual shot at beating, and I think that's where their run ends. They're not beating Kansas. And I don't Honestly, if, if Creighton beats Kansas by some miracle, I don't even know if they beat Creighton. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, unfortunately I also did have Kentucky in that auction style bracket. So, you know, RIP to those dreams, but Arkansas looked, uh, it scared me a bit today against Vermont, but they get to go up against New Mexico state, uh, in the round of 32. And I think that that actually bodes well for them. Um, I don't see New Mexico state upsetting UConn and Arkansas in the same tournament. So if Arkansas state can make it to the sweet 16 against a Gonzaga team that I'm assuming is going to beat Memphis. Um, I think it'll be an interesting game. Gonzaga looked very, very sketchy for the first uh, through the first half and then through half of the second half. Um, they turned it on. They turned it on late, but Georgia State held them within five or six points for the durate, for, for for a vast majority of the game. Um, Gonzaga went on the run there at the end and put them away, but um, I think Georgia State was only down by like one or two at half, and they actually had the lead for a bit in the second half. Uh, coming out of the break, um, at Gonzaga, I don't. Maybe it was a. Maybe it was just a. In, they they were overlooking Georgia State or something like that. But they they did not look great. Drew Tibbing looked phenomenal as always. But um, I think that it's going to take more than him if they want to beat Memphis and they want to. Uh, if they want to beat Memphis, that they they want to make a run. Um, so three of my four Final Four teams are still in it. Unfortunately, my national champion Kentucky is gone. 
Um, I think Tennessee is going to make the title game out of the uh, out of the South. Um, I have them. I have them beating Michigan tomorrow, and I actually have them upsetting Arizona um, in the in the sweet. In the, in, I'm sorry, in, they, they're upsetting Arizona in the Elite Eight. So if you guys have money on anybody, put money on Arizona because the way my bracket looks right now, it will not happen if I pick it. So, um, but man, this is turning out to be a great, great March Madness so far. Um, and like I said, I don't, I don't really follow college basketball. I don't follow basketball period much at all. But March Madness comes on, and I'm at work. I got three monitors up. One of them is dedicated to March Madness. Um, just the upsets are, are crazy, man. Um, I, was, I was fortunate enough to go to the Final Four one year when I was out in college out in Phoenix, and it was uh, it was truly just a, a fantastic experience, and it was something that I highly recommend to anybody who gets a chance to do so um, to go to go to a Final Four game, go to the national championship game if you can. Um, it's it's a blast. I mean, even if you don't have a dog in the fight, um, just just go. It, it's it's such a good time. Um, you'll enjoy it. Take some friends, go grab some drinks and just enjoy. Um, oh, good to know. My, my bracket is now in the 54th percentile though. I was down in like the thirties earlier today. So, you know, heading the right direction. So, oh man, that's, it's, it's a, it's a fun time of year. We got this going on. We got the masters coming up. Um, I, I just, it, it's, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a good, it's going to be good for sports. Baseball starting back up again. I and mean, this is, if you're a sports fan, now is a great time to be alive. You know, I miss football like crazy. Don't get me wrong. I miss college. I miss the NFL already. I want it to start back up again. But the fact that baseball's coming back, we're getting ready to gear up for the NHL playoffs. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm in a happy place right now. You got March Madness going on. The Masters getting ready to pop up, very to, 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 to pop off. Like, ah, you're just, you're in a good spot. So, speaking of the NHL, I'm talking a little. We'll, we'll jump into a couple minutes on this, and we'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and wrap up. But um, it looks like Thomas Tomash Hurdle is staying in San Jose for eight years, which um, is kind of kind of surprising to me. Two weeks ago, um, he is not a name I would have said would have resigned. Um, I thought for sure he was going to end up getting traded. I thought San Jose was kind of in that place right now where they're going to try to get picks from him. Uh, from him, they're going to try to try to uh, to accelerate the rebuild a little bit. But it sounds like they were able to find common ground on an eight-year contract worth just north of eight million dollars a year. Um, I think it's a good contract for him. Um, he's 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 a seventy-point pace player um, over the last three years. Obviously, it's shortened years because of COVID and everything like that. You kind of have to extrapolate those numbers a little bit. But if he can continue that pace, um, I think that the first five six years of his contract would be very beneficial for him. Um, the real question is whether or not San Jose is able to put a team around him within the next five or six years. Because I do think as a – he's 28 now. I do think as a 34, 35-year-old, I think that he will start to fall off a little bit. Um, it's just the average age when, when NHL players start to start to hit the downside of their careers. Um, and if the, if the Sharks don't utilize the first five or six windows uh, – the five, first five or six years, uh, the first five or six-year window of that contract to put a competitive uh, team around him – then I think that you lose the value in his contract. Um, comes, I believe, with a full no movement clause, so he's not going to be traded anytime unless he wants to, unless he wants out. Um, so again, I think it's a very good deal for both sides. It's just going to really kind of depend on whether or not they can ice a team around, a competent team around him, uh, moving forward uh, past this season. Um, Another Kraken, uh, the Seattle Kraken traded Cal Croak to the Flames for a few draft picks. Uh, good depth piece. Um, they didn't really give up a ton for him. I think they gave up a second, a third, and a seventh, um, which I, I think that 
It's probably too much in my opinion. I don't think I'd give up a second for, for Yarn Croak, but at the trade deadline, you're going to start seeing inflated prices on a lot of these players, so I, I understand it. Um, Vetrano got traded to the Rangers for a, draft, for a fourth round pick. Again, another depth piece. I think that's fair value for him. Um, not not a ton going on right now with the trade deadline coming up Monday. I expect things are really going to pick up Sunday night into Monday morning. Um, I think one guy that was on the block for a little bit that's not going to be on the block anymore is going to be the Dallas Stars, John Klingberg. Um, with where the Stars are currently set up in the wildcard race and potentially even the central race, uh, they've got three games in hand on everybody. Uh, they're they're actually you know playing some pretty decent hockey right now. Uh, if you take the the three game losing streak they were they were just on out of the equation, they're they're actually looking pretty decent, um, and they're they're competitive. I don't. I if you would ask me earlier this uh, two months ago, I'd have said for sure the Stars are going to trade Pavel, Joe Pavelski. The Stars were going to trade John Klingberg. Stars are going to trade Braden Holby, potentially Alexander Radulov as well. Uh, and just start the rebuild because they are one of the older teams in the NHL. But Jake Ottinger came on, came onto the scene, and he has not slowed down. Um, he's been a he's been a top ten goalie across the league since the middle of uh, since you know the middle of December, and I think that he is the sole reason that they are. I'm not going to say sole reason. He is a big part of the reason that they are they are where they are in the playoff hunt right now. Um, Holtby was kind of struggling a little bit. Anton Hudobin was not the answer for us. Um, was not the answer for the Stars in net, um, who, by the way, just had hip surgery. He's out for six months. Um, but Jake Ottinger has really kind of saved that franchise and, and, and made them into a playoff contender. So I don't see them being a legitimate threat to the Cup, but they are a legitimate threat to a playoff spot. And that is that that means they're going to keep their players. Um, they're not going to trade them. Um, Claude Giroux, uh, last game, possibly his last game with Philly tonight. Um, I know that he is not going to be making the upcoming road trip as trade talks continue to heat up between him, between the the, the Flyers and other other teams. Um, if I had to guess, he's going to end up in Florida. Um, I think that they are going all in this season. They are doing everything humanly possible to. Uh, to make sure that they can go out there and compete with Tampa Bay for a cup, um, which is, I mean, again, they—you uh, look at what the Panthers did, you, what the Panthers gave up for Ben Sherratt out of Montreal. Ben Sherratt is not worth a first-round pick. I will die on this hill. He is not worth a first-round pick. The fact that he got, the fact that Montreal got a first-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and a pretty decent prospect in Ty Smilanic, that is the that is. That is the trade deadline inflating his va- uh, inflating his value if I've ever seen it. Um, ben Sherratt should have gone for a conditional second based on whether or not you based on how far you went in the postseason. Um, he he's a stay at home defenseman. I think he's an I think he's an overrated stay at home defenseman as well, um, in my opinion. But uh, the fact that he got what he did kind of makes me kind of makes me wonder what they're going to be able to give up for Drew. Um, so let's see. What do they currently have right now? Florida currently has they they don't have either of their first round picks for this year or next year. Um, they have their second round pick next season. I mean, if if you're gonna want if you're if you, if you want Claude Giroux and you don't have first round picks to give up, I mean, you're looking at giving up top prospects. You're looking at giving up uh, Dennis Sanko. You're looking at potentially giving up uh, somebody like Anton Lundell, um, who is having a Calder caliber season this year, but uh, I mean, if you're wanting to make a legit run for it this year, then 
you got to pull the trigger on that kind of stuff. So be interested to see what happens. But you got you got just under uh, just under four days, just over four days. Trade deadline's Monday. Uh, you got just under four days um, before the trade deadline hits. So there's still plenty of time for 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 deals to fly around. So um, be a be be a fun weekend. So I'm definitely looking forward to Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Uh, my phone will be on me at all times Monday, and I will be checking it frequently. So, oh man. Well, guys, I think that is going to wrap up the inaugural episode of the Up in the Nosebleeds podcast. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me tonight. Um, if you if you like this podcast, you should be able to find it on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcast. Feel free to like, feel free to share it, feel free to subscribe. Um, I planning on doing these multi-weekly um i don't know if i'm gonna do three or four times a week it's really going to kind of depend on how quick things happen across the uh the landscape of sports um i'll probably be back what is is today friday i'll be back uh i'm hoping to be back monday or tuesday with kind of a recap of the first round of the ncaa tournament um take a look at the nhl trade deadline see what other wacky see what other wacky stuff's going on in the nfl um i'm sure by that point deshaun watson probably could be on a new team um We'll see where Trevor Story signed if College Correa is still available uh, in Major League Baseball. But yeah, there's, there's, guys, there's a lot of stuff coming down the pipe here with these sports. And I'm excited to, I'm excited to share it with you. I'm excited to cover it. And I look forward to getting this podcast up and off the ground. So I thank you guys very much for hanging out. Uh, enjoy the rest of your evenings uh, or afternoons or days, whenever you're listening to this. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your week. Um, I hope this finds you in good health. And, be sure to give those around you love, give them a hug, show them care about them. And best of all, just enjoy life, man. It's not long enough. Have fun. Go to a sporting event, grab a beer, go sit in the nosebleeds, and go yell at your favorite team. Go yell at you know, your, 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 your most hated team. Just enjoy life. So I'll catch, you, I'll catch you, ladies and gentlemen, later, and I hope that you guys have a phenomenal morning, afternoon, evening, week, weekend month year let's make 2022 better than 2021 can't be a whole lot can't be can't be very difficult although not off to a great start so far so we got a ways to go but uh i will catch you ladies and gentlemen later peace